What's up everybody? I am just wanting to check in a little bit. I know the last couple episodes have been a little bit heavy and I know it's required me for sure to do some self-reflection and processing of everything we've talked about with the guests so far. Their messages are inspiring and sad and hopeful and incredible all at once. And we've been so lucky to hear all of their stories. I so hope you've been enjoying Push Diaries podcast. This weekend, I wanted to share with you guys something a little more lighthearted, a little more unscripted, and a little more fun. So I thought I would bring my friend Jessie on the podcast. She and I have a close mutual friend, and Jessie's always up to have some fun and spend some time talking about health and wellness and the good things that life has to offer. So without further ado, Jessie, here she is. Oh, man. Okay, so today I have Jess on. Her real name is actually Jessie, and I feel so bad because I keep calling her Jessica. Um, Because, you know, most people that you meet with the name Jess or Jessie, their real name is Jessica. Just not me. I have to throw a curveball at people. I also love that you're trying not to laugh right now, and it is quite comical. But then again, this is something you're very used to. Yeah. Are people getting yeah. your name name wrong? It's fine. My brother calls me Jessica just to just to push just, my buttons. Just to rattle you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Does it rattle you or do you just tune him out or tell him to I usually tell him to fuck off. I'm not <laughs> sure. I, mean, I don't know if we should make this PG or not, but I'm just being real. You're just <laughs> like, no, brother. He puts Dr. Jessica on a lot of my things. I think he just finds it entertaining. Yeah. What's your brother's name? Bill. William. I call him William. I like to, See? Com- I like to combine the two. That's he doesn't good. mind it, though, as far as I know. That's good that you're both um, able to, you know, take each other off with your names. It's a lot of love, right? Yeah. Sibling, sibling love. Speaking of siblings, I wanted to do a little Q&A with Jessie today so that people could kind of get to know her and know what they're in for whenever she's on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hold on to your seats. Hold on to your butts. Yeah. Um, it's exciting because she works with holistic healthcare. She's yep. a chiropractor, right? Yep. Chiropractor and nutritionist. Chiropractor and nutritionist. So I'm really excited to be able to talk with her because before the podcast, before I was going to do this, and I first met Jesse, we would just talk about, yeah, paralysis or sleep or depression about my case or about anyone's case. And she would also vent to me about patients who pretend to not know any correlation <laughs> between, say, what they're eating and why they feel like crap. Yeah, but, they, they must not be ever related. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you mean my Twinkie diet does not suffice for good, you know, life balance? Yeah. I'm sure there's lots of nutrient nutrient value to Twinkies, although I have yet to figure out what it is. Yeah. But some people might be able to sustain themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Depending. But I'm really excited to be able to come up with ideas that we can talk about in future podcasts related to different healthcare issues, like the conference you're going to be going to. Oh, yeah. That's going to be exciting. Which is about. Yeah. Which is about bacteria in your gut. Yeah. The gut brain access and how it deals in trauma and health. Yeah. yeah. And when you say trauma, do you mean experiential trauma that you go through? 
Or do you just mean nutrient trauma? I really think it probably has to do more with, like, emotional life trauma. Oh. Um, Because there's been some studies that show that certain parasites, because you contract parasites. So, essentially, you're forming a contract with these foreign... Parasites. Parasites. Um, And so, part of being able to get rid of them is to resolve whatever was going on at the time that you formed this contract unknowingly with them. So I'm mm-hmm. curious to see if that comes up. Yeah. Um, and how to, cell. and how to fight against it. Cause I'm sure that's how to hard. work through. Yeah. How to work through the, the underlying trauma and get to like the root cause of why, why it happened, why your, why your body's holding on to them. They, they serve a purpose. Yeah. Um, in some degree. Right, so absolutely. Figuring out what that is and then being able to resolve it so that you no longer need yeah. them anymore. Yeah. I think it's interesting that people don't always know how big of a correlation their experience mm-hmm. or what they're eating or how they're sleeping directly affects their health when we when our bodies are a system that, you know, has so many different pieces to it. It's like, what do you mean you don't understand that? So it's exciting, I feel like, and I'm I'm excited to hear about that conference and what you find out. Cause Me too. It's, it's like a month. It's one month away. Yeah. So we'll have, we'll have to stay tuned. We'll have more. Do you, do you like researching? Like, I don't love researching only because it's hard to sometimes pinpoint what you're researching. Like, I feel like if I was in your position, I would much rather go to a conference and learn. I love going to things where someone else has done the heavy lifting. All the, yeah, right. <laughs> because they, they've done the research. They've sifted through hundreds and hundreds of research papers and articles and studies. And it's nice to be able to take those facts and piece it together, like piece the puzzle together because everybody's different. It's right. not a one size fits all. So knowing how to take those pieces and see what they mean and ask more questions and look Mm -hmm. into different avenues and and tailor make things for each patient Mm -hmm. based on their own experiences, their own, you know, just lifestyles or or what have you. Um, It gets, it gets to be a little bit more personalized healthcare, I think, but those conferences give me the tools that I need to be able to do that. In in order to break down someone's case and be able to look at them more specifically as an individual. Yeah. Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, well, I'm excited about it. I'm happy to have you on. We can talk a little bit about how we met. It's really not that exciting. <laughs> but, you know, for those of you listening that have a best friend or someone that they get along with well, you know that you can't just talk to anybody or that person can't get get you just like anybody else does on the street. Right. So I love that we share some mutual friends and since the time I met you, Jesse, I felt like we've been able to be real and raw with one another. Yeah. And I also like that I can tell you, you know, if I'm pooping my pants that day or... <laughs> this is a judgment-free zone always. Right, it is. It has See, to be. I love that. Yeah. Because that's the kind of people that I want to surround myself with. So I moved here in July of this past year, 2019, and I think I met you like... Probably in September or October. Maybe. It wasn't later than October. No, 
I don't, it's, I feel like it's all a blur. Yeah. So when you start adulting, things just blend together. Well, and you've you have like been, a loose time frame. <laughs> so you grew up in Michigan, but you've only been back here for how long? A year? A year and a couple of months. I moved back at the beginning of November 2018. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So it's, yeah. so this summer it'll be two, well, three years. Two years. Two years in the fall. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you are back in the town you grew up in mm-hmm. and you're working with your uncle for his business or not yeah. with your uncle, but at your uncle's business. Mm-hmm. And he owns a chiropractor. Chiropractic office. Chiropractic yeah. office. And it's amazing. I get um, massage therapy done there. And so it's a very multifaceted approach to healthcare because you guys are um, referring your patients to each other and yeah. really looking at, at, at someone in a whole piece, which is really cool. We have a lot of cool stuff. We try to integrate a lot of things. Like we're all within the practice, we have five chiropractic physicians and all of us have a little bit of a different niche or group of people population that we work with specifically and then you know sometimes things overlap and we have a massage therapist and we have a reflexologist and a reiki practitioner um and then we have we're all in our own individual business networking groups and so we have counselors and physical therapists and that's cool uh, medical doctors dentists so we have a nice network yeah um, of people that we try to refer business to that share kind of that holistic approach to healthcare looking at the whole person trying to facilitate right just that well-being and overall like quality of life that we all hope to have right yeah do you know how common it is for chiropractic offices to have so many different chiropractors is that a silly question no I don't, don't think it's a silly question a lot of them usually only have one or two I think it depends on the practice um it depends on the size of the practice um I know that a lot of our patients that have been to other offices say that ours is probably one of the largest ones they've been to or they're very surprised at how many doctors we do have um so I think in this area it might be a little bit more on the larger side than what people are used to, but I don't necessarily think that it's the largest one out there or that it's that much of an anomaly. Right, right, right. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's amazing. As someone who studied social work, again, being able to look at a person with all their multifaceted, you know, things that you're looking at, it's, like, super cool that you can easily, like, be like, hey, to another colleague, like, hey, I ran across this patient. They're showing this, this, and that. I don't really know why this might be this way. Do you have any ideas? Like, I think it's just cool. Yeah, we do that all the time. Which That's makes amazing. It, makes it really nice because we're able to better serve our patients. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if there's something weird you've seen, if someone's showing some kind of symptoms, you're like, oh, have you checked this out yet? Because I had a patient four months ago that was... Yeah. Showing positive for that. It's kind of neat, too, because we have Monday morning mm-hmm. meetings. Like, it's the first 15 minutes of the day on Monday. We usually get there a little bit early, but we usually try to share a couple of patient cases. Like, each doctor will pick, you know, a patient that they had the week prior or maybe, like, the last couple weeks um, where it's been an interesting case or it's been a difficult case and we're making progress or... 
Um, and we try to share that not only with each other, but with our staff too, because they're in the front lines, like trying to help direct people that call in and have questions or they're out there in the community. Um, and you overhear things like how many times have you been yeah. in line at a grocery store mm-hmm. or at the mall or Target or, you know, whatever. The or case family may be. Christmas. <laughs> or family. Yeah, that one, <laughs> that's a whole nother subject. But, you know, and you just, you, you hear things and... Mm-hmm. You know, you hear sometimes the the despair in people's voices or you hear, you know, that they've been to this specialist and that specialist. Or they've tried 40 different they've things. They've tried everything or they don't want to take a medication or they don't want to have surgery or that, you know, they're just terrified because they go somewhere and they don't get any explanation. They don't get any education about their condition or what they can mm-hmm. do to better help themselves because there's usually always something, some tool that we can give our patients that they can they can help themselves a little bit more than just being so reliant on somebody else to solve it for them. Right. So the education piece is huge. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So when – can you kind of go back and tell us how you got into what you're doing now? Kind of – I know, you know, this sort of runs in the family as far as, like, healthcare and chiropractics – um, so don't feel like you have to go super specifically um, into that unless you want to. But when did you know, like, oh, I would really like to do something more related to healthcare than maybe what you were doing before? I think when I was 18, I really realized that I eventually my goal was to be a chiropractor. Um, I knew when I was younger that I wanted to go into healthcare. I, I always thought I wanted to be a pediatric nurse practitioner. I love working with kids. I love my nurse practitioner. She was a huge inspiration um, to me. But I always had I always had that love and respect for chiropractic. Um, my uncle is a chiropractor. He has been since the day I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up around that, like I didn't go to the doctor. I went to the chiropractor if something was wrong, um, just because we have that huge nutrition aspect to it as well. Um, so there wasn't really anything I found that nutrition couldn't solve or an adjustment or facilitating the function of the nervous system couldn't help. Or supplement for a problem. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And so, um, I also, when I was younger, my grandpa was really sick. So I spent a lot of time in the hospital, a lot of times in nursing homes. And when I got older, I realized how much anxiety that brought on for me to be in those settings. Mm. And I never wanted to be in a, in a career, in a position where people were sick and I had to make them more uncomfortable just to help them. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that for me to be okay every day when I came home, like I needed something fulfilling, but something where I didn't feel like I was overstepping those personal boundaries of somebody else, especially in such a vulnerable time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's cool that, that that you felt more inspired by that and not more put off by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people would have that experience and be like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do anything with healthcare because... I'm worried about how they feel, but, you know, as we're entering, you know, 2020, it's like, you know, everybody, or at least a lot of people think that they can have one problem fixed by trying one thing. And if it doesn't work, then what, what do they do? They give up or they just take the medication. 
Well, and then they take another one because that or one didn't work. Or quit working or, out or quit yeah. eating right. And it's like, I think it's really neat that your job not only unpacks how someone can be their healthiest, but also has backed up research on how it truly works. And if you put the time, right, and yep. effort into it, it does something. So that's awesome. So what you when you were 18, then you were like, okay, I've seen how this has helped my grandpa or how maybe it didn't help being in such a sick state, right? Well, and he, but he was like, that was a little bit hard because he had got, he got cancer. Um, but he were, he was exposed to asbestos. So it was before I think mm. they knew what the mesothelioma was. So mm. he didn't get diagnosed with that specifically. Um, but he worked in a factory and he was a supervisor. So when they had found things like asbestos in there and they were trying to mitigate all of those things, those guys didn't get to take the day off, you know, cause they weren't in the factory necessarily, but mm-hmm. they were still exposed to a lot of that. And so I was young. I mean, I would think I was seven when he oh, okay, so that passed was, away. Okay, so okay. it wasn't so much that, um, but it was just knowing that that was an uncomfortable place to be. Like mm-hmm. seeing people in that state was very disheartening. Right. For me. Right. And by the time you were 18, you were like, okay, this is a positive place that I can make an impact in. Yeah. Well, and the kind of the, the strange thing about it is even though I knew that I was leaning towards chiropractic, so you have to have a bachelor's degree in some sort of science based program before you can even get into chiropractic school. Oh, I didn't so know that. it's like medical school essentially because I am a physician, I'm a doctor, but I'm a doctor of chiropractic, so a DC and not a medical, a true medical so doctor. So your prerequisite is literally a four year degree. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I was always going to use <clears throat> nursing kind of as like a stepping stone to chiropractic, and so I was working kind of towards that, and I got into nursing school at Madonna and. I started going through the program and I just, I realized that the more in depth I got into it, the more that's not what I wanted. Um, so I ended up leaving Madonna and finishing out my bachelor's degree actually at the school where I got my doctorate and my, um, my bachelor's degree is in biomedical science. So sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Did so wait, biomedical hmm. science, I mean that's right up your alley too then. Yeah, so it was a lot of biochemistry, which is so important when you're looking at how different things impact the body, how nutrition impacts the body, how these pathways work, um, how something influences something else. So I mean it's really cool to have that background because you learn the stuff in school, right? But you're you're taking so many classes and so many credits, you you do what you need to to get by to get through and what you hold on to or what you're able to use is so important, but being able to apply it mm-hmm. is also a huge part yeah. of it. And I get to do that every day, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like every day you're at work, maybe not every single day, but most days you are learning something new, just patient to patient and how you're saying everybody's different. Like no two people are the same. Yeah, I look at it, I look at it like a puzzle. Like the other thing I was looking at going to school for, like I I went to Michigan State actually my freshman year of college, like my first year out of high school, and I thought that I was going to be a forensic anthropologist. So I really wanted 
I like detective stuff. I like solving mysteries. I like puzzles. Yeah, you've so always been like, attracted to yes, the puzzle. Like, I just want it. Like, give me something challenging. And because I guess it was always kind of a problem. Like when I was in school, when we'd have to write a research paper, I always wanted to write research papers on things that they didn't have the answers for. So yeah. I always got a lot of pushback from my teachers because they're like, Jesse, you can't write a research paper on something that there's minimal research. research and I'm like, how do you solve these mysteries? Yeah. Like the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Or whether there's life on another planet. Right. Or it is. Like, it's like the stuff that's unknown is sometimes the most. That's what I wanted to write my papers on always. Yeah. And so it was such a struggle I'm not school. surprised to hear that. <laughs> Because you are a very open-minded person, and that's, again, another reason why I feel like we get along so well, and I feel like we're going to be able to have these conversations on the podcast um, moving forward. Um, And I feel like, too, what makes you a good professional, because you don't know the answer to everything right away, and you're okay to admit that and say, because I'm sure you've seen patients, too, where it's like, okay, let's try this other approach, like that didn't work, or... Yeah. The nice thing about being in the position that I'm in and taking so much time, I take a lot of time with my patients. Like very few of my patients are like a five minute appointment. A lot of them I spend a half hour to 45 minutes with um, just because of the need to educate. I, I feel I have the the duty to educate people as to why I feel like something would be beneficial or why I feel it would help them. And so the nice part about that is that if I don't know the answer, we can reason through it with logic. We can use problem solving and say, okay, look, like, I know that this system's impacted by this. Like, let's maybe look at this and see if we get somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I tell all my patients, I won't give up if you don't give up. So I will keep working with you till we figure this out. Right. Or till I admit that, like, I can't and this is beyond me. Yeah. But I won't ever give up. Right. Like, I will, it will keep me up at yeah. night. And that's another reason I go to all these seminars, too. Because you you go to them in hopes that somewhere someone says something that helps you solve that one that mm-hmm. keeps you up at night. Right. And it keeps you competent as a professional, too. I mean, you know, it's it always blows my mind, too. Like, okay, yeah, it's the year 2020 now, but it's like, holy crap, yeah, the amount of stuff that isn't taught to people as young children about how their bodies affected. I mean, even how you were talking about the trauma piece, I feel like just last year, finally more people were talking about childhood trauma and how that affects you. Cause it's ingrained in your DNA. Right. And I don't know enough about it to speak on it at this point, but it's something I'm looking into. Yeah. But we we know know it affects greatly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's just really cool. I'm, you know, again, with the social work background, it's like, I totally admire all of this stuff as far as like unpacking how um, specific someone's problem might be and how easy it could be to diagnose, but then the flip side being totally not that way. Well, and science is always evolving, but the thing I think is so cool right now is we're getting back to, at least in our, at least in the holistic profession part of things, we're getting back to like the roots of ancient medicine where like medicine used to be a healing art. It mm-hmm. wasn't art. It was, it's practice because it's practiced. It's not, there's not a one size fits yeah, all. You can't just take a pill and have it go away. And so we look at nutrition and we look at herbs and we look at 
light and sound and all these different ways to have therapies that, you know, our ancestors used to use. Reiki is a perfect example. Yeah. But even like, even just Native Americans, I mean, they, they use the earth and what it gave them and Ayurvedic medicine, they do that. Um, and so it's cool to see us get back to more of that. And there's ancient texts that that show these things. They didn't have the science to explain how. Right. But or they, the resources to do this had, or that. But they had the the commonality, I guess, mm-hmm. or like the they could show it. Mm-hmm. You through know, art and understanding. Or just and through practice. even just through case studies. I yeah. mean you you use something I don't, I don't know that it's going to do this, but it seems to do this for, you know, mm-hmm. a vast majority of people. So maybe there's something to that. Um, so, and we're so hell bent on, on knowing exactly how something works that sometimes we don't just take it for the fact that it does work. Um, so sometimes we get in our own way. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's nice to see a little bit more of a, of a shift towards just looking at, okay, like an ancient medicine, like, these herbs were used for X, Y, and Z, and we still see that they work. So let's maybe look at why or how or mm-hmm. what properties. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then that opens us up to that they use that a lot of times to make different medications artificially. Sure. That work on those pathways and things like that. And it's like, sure. why don't you just use nature? It's there. Yeah, yeah. Why and do we have to yeah. reinvent the wheel? Right. And why do we have to pretend like, yeah, the white straight, you know, modern medicine, like, westernized culture is the answer always, right? Yeah, it comes down to money. Um, But yeah, it's like, it it blows my mind, too, when we talk about ancient medicine. It's like, man, when you think about any culture, too, with their, you know, their history and how they've been brought up and the things that they, what, what practices have worked for them, it's like, yeah, I love that your job kind of takes you back to your roots, as you were saying. Yeah. And... Just being a chiropractic center, I mean, you guys focus on the spine, the brain, um, the nervous system. I mean, lymphatic system, every system. Mm -hmm. But I know with chiropractic care, a lot of times, right, I mean, things, a lot of problems go back to the spine, which is why people get adjustments. Right. Well, people, I think people forget or don't realize because I don't, I don't want to say they forget because I think some people just aren't aware you know because you think about it you have classes in school right and you're like yeah i'm going through the motions i gotta get through this i gotta take this Mm -hmm. it's a a requirement it's a prerequisite but what am i going to use it for hey everyone i wanted to tell you about patreon Patreon gives creators of all kinds the tools needed to acquire, manage, and energize their paying patrons. Support Push Diaries by subscribing to our Patreon page where you'll get exclusive content not found anywhere else. We just started a special series where me and my fiancé Tyler talk about life and how we push forward together. Just go to patreon.com, create a profile, and become a patron of Push Diaries Podcast and thousands of others. Thanks, and we'll talk again soon. Let's get back to the show. You know, but the we explain to our patients that, you know, your nervous system controls everything in your body. 
because most people are aware, right, that the brain is in charge of everything. Nothing happens in the body without the brain's control. But the way that the brain communicates all of that to the rest of the body, the muscles, the stomach, the intestines, the lungs, the heart, all of it is through the nervous system. Mm-hmm. So through the spinal cord, through the nerves that come off there, everything branches off. And it's a huge electrical it. right? system, a huge right. electrical network. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that the nervous system's functioning or able to transmit those messages to their target tissue. Right. Getting proper nutrients, getting right. proper sleep, getting proper exercise. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to have you on. And it's fun that I finally kicked myself in the butt <laughs> and have you here to do this because for all of you listening, I know I have talked about this in my intro episodes too, but you know, sometimes things are harder to attain when they're own things that you're trying to do for yourself. Um, so I'm really happy to have Jesse here, not Jessica. <laughs> and um, I'm excited for you guys to hear her advice and um, wisdom and experience about certain issues, especially pertaining to health issues, concerns, um, just kind of as we move forward. And, you know, I feel like it's good to have other like-minded, educated people to, you know, talk loudly to the masses since we have plenty of people talking loudly to the masses that should keep their mouths closed. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. What? Is you that... mean people have a platform that shouldn't sometimes? Yeah. Are you talking about our president? <laughs> okay. Anyways. Um, I may have to edit that out. I think it'll be fine. Okay. Um, what common ailments do you see so and you can take that whatever route you want so let me let's see we'll try to see if we can streamline it a little bit so the people that search us on like the internet or end up at our office because they found us on google they're usually people that you would think would go to a chiropractor like so somebody that has back pain or headaches or you know just they did something stupid and like injured themselves right because not everybody's built to like parkour, but um, the thing the thing that's cool is that a lot of the people that get referred into our office from existing patients are like the widest array of anything you could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a doctor at the office that do- works hugely with the autistic population or mm-hmm. behavioral issues. Um, we have another doctor that works with a lot of women in pregnancy and um Infant infancy. So like you would think like most people wouldn't think to bring their baby to a chiropractor, but you think about the birthing process and that's pretty traumatic on a tiny human. Um, and all the vaccines they push on you. Oh, yes. That's well. amazing <laughs> that you guys have someone at the office that can do that for people. Well, yeah, we can work, try to de- try to detoxify the toxins and adjuvants that are in the think that's the way you say it I don't know it's a weird combination of letters but um that are in there because they're neurotoxic right and like we're focusing on the nervous system so something that's toxic to the nervous system in a mass quantity in a tiny human I mean just for that principle alone like just maybe we should ask some questions Mm -hmm. I mean I'm all for people making informed decisions and that's That's my goal. My goal is never to talk anybody out of anything or to tell them that they should or shouldn't do something. But my goal is to give them enough of the framework 
and the information that they need to make make an informed decision because Mm -hmm. then at least you're aware of what you're getting yourself into and you have made that choice to accept whatever the outcome may be from from that. So it gets a little tricky. Oh, I'm sure. Because right now, especially, it's such a hot button issue. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I feel like it, it will always be. For as long as, again, the big money makers are out there. Um, but it, it's really cool, again, going back saying, like, okay, well, when people come in with whether they're common ailments that are things that you see all the time or different. A it's, lot of things, too, like stress. Like, people don't realize how much stress, and like you you touched on earlier, sleep can affect so much of their health. Mm-hmm. And um, just even just going back to... Um, like the stress part of it, like there, there are medical doctors that don't even realize that the adrenal glands have a function, right? Like outside of being the the tiny hat for the kidney, um, right? You know, and it's so, like of course it's doing something for your body, right? And that's your that's how you handle your stress response. That's how you cope with your stress. But the other thing about it is it helps it helps people hold their adjustments. So you know. If we're making an adjustment and something's not holding, the body's integrity or ability to do that that job is compromised for one reason or another. Um, so helping people deal with adrenal stress, adrenal fatigue, because hmm. it, it when the adrenals are not functioning, I mean it it dysregulates your sleep, it dysregulates your blood sugar, it dysregulates your yeah. hormone balances. It can your shake ability, everything. Yeah, up. ability to lose weight, your blood pressure. Like, so many things are impact, like headaches, yeah, um, stress responses, all of these things. And so just looking at the organ systems themselves um, is so important. But the other thing that's kind of cool that we see a lot of is um, hiatal hernias. So, like, when the stomach, the top part of the stomach is able to slip up through the diaphragm, it can create a lot of issues for people. Um, does that, does that... When you say hiatal her- mm-hmm. hernia, mm-hmm. is that the location, hiatal? It's, it is the hiatus of the diaphragm, oh. so the opening, so it actually slips up through there. What happens when people get hernia between the hips, like lower? Like an inguinal hernia. Okay, so that, and is that more your bowel, or is that your intestine? Yeah, I think that's more the more the bowel, yeah. more times than not. But the hiatal hernia, it, I mean, it can be easily addressed um, hmm. just from, like, massaging it down it with certain breathing techniques and some traction um, on the on the surface of the abdomen which is cool because a lot of people that have anxiety or panic heart palpitations gas belching bloating indigestion acid reflux heartburn heartburn um, they gag easily have difficulty swallowing hoarseness they're clearing their throat all the time atrial fibrillation like a lot of these things go back to that. Hmm. And it's like a very simple, it's a very simple check. It's a very simple soft tissue manipulation. Um, so it's kind of cool. Like we have a lot of patients, once they realize what it is, they know immediately when it comes back. Hmm. And so they'll come in and say, Hey, you know, Dr. J, can you check my stomach? Yeah. I need this adjustment again. Yeah. Can you pull my stomach down out of my chest? Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but shortness of breath too is like a big one. Like they just feel winded for no reason. Like they're Mm -hmm. not doing much. They have a hard time getting up the stairs and breathing. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, we see a lot of really cool things outside of the musculoskeletal realm. Yeah. You know, that most chiropractors yeah. would see. See, I, mean, we're just I think kind that's of so cool. I love yeah. that you guys are, like, when, when I say holistic, it's like, I mean, what is holistic? How would you define holistic? Is that a silly question? No, I don't think so. I And to be honest, I don't know that I've ever sat and, like, given it much thought to yeah. define it. But, I mean, holistic to me means like a natural whole health approach. Like you look at the person as a whole, not just like pieces of the puzzle. And just as an example, like one of the things I use to kind of describe to my patients kind of where sometimes I feel like Western medicine fails us is thyroid. I mean, how much thyroid dysfunction do we see? I mean, uh, quite a bit of it. And if you look at the labs that get run for the thyroid, they run a thyroid stimulating hormone. So your TSH and they run your T4 levels, but those are two pieces of a five piece puzzle. Hmm. So like, what are the other, what do the other three pieces look like? Sure. And providers sometimes make assumptions that it's all. But the insurance companies control that, right? Because they're not going to let you run all these tests. You have to, you have to run the TSH first. And then if that's wrong or off by any means, then we run the T4. Then we rerun the TSH with the T4. Then maybe we'll run another couple tests. But, you know, we don't, if we just looked at the whole picture the first time, we'd know. Right. But then, then what do we do with it? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I know what to do with it. But, but yeah, an insurance company. But I can't speak to. Or a standard doctor. Aren't, insurance companies aren't doctors. So why are they making your medical right. decisions for right. you? Right. No, it's true. So, I mean, it just, it's like kind of how I, how we explain it. And, and I, I borrowed this from my uncle, so I won't take the credit for it. But he, um, he would explain to his patients, like, Take somebody's face, for example, right? So just looking at like two pieces or one piece of the thyroid picture, right? Like our five-piece puzzle. It's like if I look at your face and I I ask somebody, okay, how does their face look? Well, their left eye looks good. Well, cool. Like the rest of your face could be torn off, but that eye looks good. Yeah, what is good? What's going on with the rest of their face? Well, I don't know. Their left eye looks great. Well, your face could be missing. Like the whole rest of it could just be gone. And but but the left eye looks good. But that yeah. doesn't tell you anything, right? Yeah. So like what is the whole what's the whole picture? What's the whole picture? What else is there to this? Yeah. Well, that's good. I think more people should be more curious about finding those answers and looking for those puzzle pieces. I think that's really amazing. Critical thinking. Yeah, it's, Critical it's thinking something skills. that yeah, we wish more people would just be bored with the desire to have critical thinking. And but sometimes we're shut down, though, right? We are. I mean, because, like, who gets in trouble in school? The kids that challenge the teachers. Right. The kids that challenge and ask questions right. and don't, like, fall in fall in To line. a category. Yeah. And so, like, the, the people that are successful by maybe education standards or the workforce, right? They're the people that, like, march in line. They're the people mm-hmm. that, you know path of least resistance, like, let me just do what I'm told and blah, 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 and go right. through the motion. and let me follow the rules. But the people yeah. that push back and ask questions and challenge authority, like, they're the ones that have a difficult time, but they're some of the most brilliant yeah. people when you They're the ones down. that actually, right, make because, a new path. Yes. And they they push for, for us to find new, new things and, you know, just 
think outside the box, right? Not everybody fits in the box. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I love it. I'm glad you're here. And I'm sure everybody is too. <laughs> It's very exciting. Um, well, we can kind of back away from the professional stuff now and make it a little more fun. Oh, good. But like, so my crazy personal life. Yeah, right? I mean, we don't have to get too crazy. But you have a dog at home. I do. Well, she's in Illinois right now, which kind of makes me sad. But she'll be here eventually. And Well, yeah. Your man Adam, and yes, your dog. Because Adam will be here eventually, yes. too. Her but, man and her dog yes. are in the process of moving here. Yes, that's going to be really exciting. It's like a long time coming, so that'll be that'll be really lovely when they're I, both here. I'm very excited for you. Um, and you guys are house hunting, which is exciting. Oh, yes, it's exciting. It is very stressful, though, and slightly overrated um, as far as the whole entire process goes. Like, it's very, it's like much of an emotional roller coaster, I feel like. Yeah, but you can also be more picky because there's... More population here, or do you feel like that's? I don't know. The I opposite. Mean, I haven't bought a lot of houses in my day, so I mean, I I purchased a house one time before. You did? I did. When Whoa! I was like twenty four, maybe. I don't know. It was a while ago. It was like nine. That's or 10 so years cool. Ago. I didn't know that. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. But um, I think I just think it's stressful, right? Like you have. You have two different people, right, trying, you're trying to find kind of like a common ground of what you're looking for and what's important to each of you. And then, you know, you find something like perfect and then like you got to move on it right away because it might right. not be there. Right. Because the there's housing so market is like yeah. amazing right now. Yeah. Right. The, but there's also so many people that live here that could be making offers on your house if you don't snatch it up right away. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So it's like you have to make a decision. Now, the nice thing is like, right, you put an offer, you can always withdraw it. So it's not like you're held to it until like you sign the papers and close. Right. But it's still, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. Especially if you fall in love with something and. It's, like, right around where you're comfortable price point-wise. Yeah. Like, oh, shoot. Like... Should I go up? Should I go down? Yeah. yeah like, I know. I can only imagine. higher? Like, then I, oh, then I gotta play this game. Well, then, yeah. And then you're, like, having to plan out your future. Like, okay, if I want to have a kid... If I want to have kids, how many rooms am I gonna want? Right. And, like, what's the school district? Like, yeah. The school district yeah. Like, like, there's the resale so value? Much. Yeah. And how far is it from your parents' house and my friends? And... It's stressful. It house is. House hunting is not for sissies. I feel like... Like, Tyler and I are going to be renting for a while because it's, you know, and as I'm getting, like, as I'm approaching five years out from cancer, it's like, well, we're not going to buy a house, like, in a week and, you know, have something go with my health. And I don't want to, like, worry too much about the future that I have no control over because none of us do. Right. But But, we're human, right? Yeah. Like, we think about these things. Yeah. It's like, but I also get it. It's like, man, some people pay more for rent a month than they do for their mortgage. I mean, that is so common. It is. And that's the one thing, too. Like, because I had, I was fortunate enough to have my house before I went to chiropractic school. So, I mean, I look at this and, and I don't envy, like, kids these days at all. Like, even, even the amount of debt that I'm in from school. But you look at... You know, like when I bought my house, my mortgage was like $945 and I had a three bedroom ranch on like almost an acre. So, I mean, it was a decent sized house and it was in a good area and it was beautiful and it was perfect. And we sold it and that's, that's a whole other story. But I went to school in Illinois and the cost of living for an apartment is insane. Yeah. Like they want $1,400 a month and you don't even have a washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. 
It's so amazing, like, isn't it, how much it varies town to, to town. I had to work so many hours just to, like, help pay the utilities and help pay part of the rent that, like, yeah. my student loans didn't cover. Because yeah. it's so expensive. It is. And then looking at them now, I mean, the the cost of living has gone up significantly, but, like, our wages haven't. Right. Like, right. So, like, in 10 years... Our wages have stayed mostly the same for a lot of people in yeah. a lot of professions. And but the housing has gone up like double mm-hmm. like what the what the average is. It is, it's wild. For the cost of living. And it's so crazy to think about. But but yeah, I mean I'll, I think about I think about renting and it was like I feel like I should just take my money and put it in the toilet. And this is probably a line I stole from a comedian because that's <laughs> how I tend to reason my way through life. But <laughs> and he's like, you know, flush it down the toilet. And every once in a while, it'll back up and you'll feel like you hit the jackpot, right? right? But, like, you have nothing to show for it. You have no equity. You have no, you know, return on your right. investment, really, when you're renting. And so this generation, I feel awful for. Yeah. Yeah. It you is. Know? It's going to be interesting to see how all of this changes. I mean, even just with the population growing and growing. And it's like, I mean, I know people are dying off, too, but... But the rates of infertility are crazy high. That's also, true. That's so. true. Maybe it'll all balance itself out. But it's like this world isn't getting any bigger. We're not growing any more land. I don't know. It's interesting to Might think about. Might be sinking. I don't know. Yeah, we are <laughs> sinking. Look at like global warming. And if, burning. If you yep. agree that it's a thing. Well, it which, is. Yeah, right. definitely. Right. It definitely is a thing. Or burning to a crisp, sadly, with like the whole Australia thing. I think people don't realize, too, like, Australia is almost, like, the size of the U.S. Yeah, it's the size of the United States. It, like, it's a little bit, isn't it, like, a tiny bit? Like, it would even go into Canada, I think. Yeah. I think if we, like, tiny smushed bit. it down. Oh, yeah, maybe if you You had to, like, put it to long. scale, right? <laughs> yeah. But if you just take its original shape I mean, that's and overlay a, it. That, you're right, though. That's an immense amount of land. If you think about, like, the whole United States yeah. burning. And you saw that people are, like being arrested for like throwing cigarettes on the ground like i really try not to i i hate to admit it i mean actually i don't hate to admit it i just you can be honest this is a safe space i hate the news i hate the news i i do i just feel like it's all like doom and gloom and it's all yes it's always pinning people against you know, whether they're true ideas or fabricated or... Well, and don't get me wrong. I don't feel like anyone should be ignorant to the issues at hand. But I I had, agree. I had a teacher in high school. And I just use this. I use this as an example, too, with my patients as far as, like, why maybe certain doctors have a, a very narrow focus on, on what they choose to know or care to know. Maybe a better way to no, that's, explain it. That makes sense. But I had a teacher in high school and it was a current events class. Um, and he, I mean, his classroom looked like Applebee's, right? Or TGI Fridays. Like there was just stuff so on the wall, shit yeah. on the walls. Like just <laughs> anything you could possibly imagine, like maps and just like trinkets and this just was like civics? stuff. What no, it say? was, um, current, current events. events. Okay. And so the first day of class, I'll never forget it. He gave us all a piece of paper and he, shut all the lights off in the classroom and he took a flashlight and he shined it on different things around the room. And he said, I want you to make a list of everything that you see. And so he would shine the flashlight and we'd write down what we saw. Right. Right. Then he had us flip the paper over and he turned the lights on and he gave us X amount of time. I don't know if it's 30 seconds or a minute or whatever. 
I'm sure it was probably something arbitrary, but we had that length of time to write down everything we could see once the lights got turned on. And we're like, all right, what the hell is this about? You know, yeah. This, like, this is... There's this too is much so, stuff like, to write like, down. Playing yeah, like yeah, yeah. a high school version of I Spy. Like, what's going on? So then at the end, he was like, that flashlight is like the media. Mm-hmm. And the classroom is the world. Yeah. Right? So like all... All that you know is going on in the world is what the media chooses to shine a flashlight Mm -hmm. on. And so that's where we focus our attention. But what happens if you attempt to turn the lights on? So, like, do research, ask questions, look into... You end up seeing Look into other people, like, other nations, like, press corps. Like, what? I mean, what are they talking Mm -hmm. about? Like, what are they reporting on? Yeah. No, I think that's an excellent filtered Mm -hmm. and it was so cool because there was no curriculum really to the class it we got to discuss whatever was going on at the time and this may be an unpopular opinion but we got like the whole class like our grade was based on our debating skills Mm -hmm. no I think that's awesome so we would pick topics so he would give us that's critically thinking right there is a debate yeah so cool and so he would he would tell us like I want you to pick four or four or six like current events that are going on in the media like that are huge and I want you to write them down and then he would have some and so he would try to pair us up into groups where we had like our our top three that were the same then he would assign the topic and we had to split ourselves into pro and anti Mm -hmm. like stances on the situation and so we would be great like we'd be graded on our ability to debate using fact and not emotion sure sure like so you might have to defend something that you don't actually agree with so but to get that practice so think about this like we're high school i think we are maybe 11th or 10th grade and we're debating whether or not it is morally sound to federally amend the constitution to define marriage because this is when president bush was in office talking about a federal ban on gay marriage Right, which is crazy to think that you have high school students like debating this issue and professionally or respectfully. Um, And it was so cool to just kind of see because whether you were personally for or against Mm -hmm. the topic, right, you had to come up with an argument that removed the emotion out of it Mm -hmm. and just looked at the facts. Like, you know, so part like say you were against that that um federal ban yes so we had to talk about like why there why it had no grounds to be a federal thing and then we had to know we had to think of everything that the opposing side could possibly come up with and have a rebuttal. Mm -hmm. So how well your debate went was how well you researched the opposing side's point of view that you could shut down with facts. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. And sourced information, anything Mm -hmm. that they could possibly come up with. Yeah. That's like like every school should have. Oh, a hundred percent. I know. Something like that. Isn't it funny that like, and I'm happy to hear like in your, not in college, but when you were in school as a younger person, that that was something that you guys, right? Because you were saying that that, that class was, high was school, yeah, that yeah. was high school. Yeah. I think a lot of, I mean, hopefully most people would have the ability to practice their critical thinking skills and be able to debate. But it's not something that I think a lot of people as a younger generation just knows how to do. Well, no. And now it's it, like tweets and Facebook right. and backhanded yeah, comments it's and just, just yeah. trolling and arguments and just... 
And it's all emotional, right? Like nobody... You're right. And that's what's so disappointing about it is it is emotional and people are flying off the seat of their pants saying comments that they don't truly know about. Well, and it turns Or it's into... a religious bias or... Right. And it turns into like a whole big thing. Like I'm, I'm looking through my phone right now because I, I read an article the other day that I thought was really interesting, but there was one piece of it that I picked out of the whole thing. Um, I mean, one of the things is like, I love this statement, like that there can be disagreement without disrespect. And I feel like so many people don't realize that. But the other thing I agree with that for sure. Yeah. And the other thing that really like got me, this is in that article, but um, it just says, it said, to me, there is no dishonor in being wrong and learning. There is dishonor in willful ignorance and there is dishonor in disrespect. Yeah. Right. People are uncomfortable with something. So they fire back with being mean or Mm -hmm. saying, well, that's not true. And it's like, wait a minute, what's, what's not true? And then when you confront them back and ask them to explain themselves, if they know they're wrong, you notice they get mad. They start name calling or right. they just start yelling and louder. Then, and, and then it's, it's like, like, okay, you have only further furthered your point. <laughs> like, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> Thank you're you. Name calling, you're name You're getting emotional. You're getting upset. Yeah. yeah. Totally. A hundred percent. I. It's yeah. like we have a pissed off toddler running the country with a Twitter account. Yeah. Well, because we are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Never have we ever had a president who has tried to president from Twitter, but it's the time of social media, is it not, Jess? Yeah, I don't, whatever that means for oh us, I don't gosh. know. Oh my gosh, yeah, I don't know either. Just down the tubes with it all. See, I know, it's like, again, it's like, oh, excited for this podcast. I know I could never do this without social media, but then, yeah, when we're talking about the president or about current events or... You know, well, they this use or it that. as a shield too. I think. Yeah, I think social media gets used as a t- as a shield for people. So what is it? Fear? Like cowardice? Yeah. 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 It's like another. <coughs> it's another way to, um, control population, right? Like, yeah. like you said, the media <coughs> has the ability to focus on one thing. And not be completely truthful with the whole big picture. I don't even think it's limited to the media. Like, I think it's all, everybody's got an agenda. So, yeah. I mean, it's major corporations. and Your cahoots, religious background. with one another. Yep. And, How much money you're making. Yeah. So, I guess this is, this is awesome. And it's, like, kind of a perfect way for us to wrap up, too. Because it's, like, again, the whole reason why Jessie is here today is because she is able to look at something from a big picture standpoint and be able to really pull it apart and figure out why things are a certain way. And I think there are plenty of people who are bigots, right? And have no idea what they're talking about or run a hundred miles an hour toward a certain issue. And I think it's cool that, um, I think it's important for, for me as I age and after I've been through cancer, it's like, I want more people to have these tough conversations, but also keep an open mind so that they can have the time left of their life or the relationships or the work they're choosing to do that are quality. Well, yeah, I mean, people go, look at how many people in life go through the motions, right? Like they're just trying to make it to the next day and they don't don't know how to ask for help or don't even know how to verbalize their struggle or don't know how to trust or 
anything. And mm-hmm. so, like, we do need to be like, kinder, kinder to one another. And I'm, yeah. I'm guilty of making no. assumptions. And you know, we all, but you're human, right? And but like, I when I recognize that, I do always try to kind of take a step back and just just see see where I'm at or where that's coming from. Because a lot of times it comes it comes from their own unhappiness with something within themselves. Right. No, very true. And I was going to say that too. Like, sometimes it's not even being kind to someone else, right? Because it's like, we can all be kind to, like, our best friend. But then if we were going through the same problem, we would be far more judgmental, you know, yeah. and far more unkind to ourselves. But I think, too, one of the things I've realized, or I guess I've just... I've thought and, and pondered a lot about is is one of those things is like sometimes how we treat people is is a good reflection of how we treat ourselves. So the people that are just genuinely kind to others are, are typically pretty gentle with themselves. with themselves. And I think that people that are are harder on on people around them are just as hard on themselves. Um but one of the other things, and I found this true for myself too, but the things that I, I dislike the most in other people, there's usually some truth in that about me. And it's yeah. something I don't like about myself. Yeah. No, and I so get that. it's something that really rubs me wrong in, in somebody else's. And, and so I think being able to recognize that, it just helps you, helps you grow. Yeah, for sure. And then it helps you overcome those insecurities that you might have about yourself when you notice them in someone else. Yeah. 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 See, we could talk about so many different things. Just rabbit holes. We, we could. That's what we should call this podcast. It should. Rabbit holes. It should. We'll make a separate one that, that way rabbit you still holes have. With Tess and Jess. That's going to be a spinoff. We're going to have a spinoff. Uh, seriously, we might. We might need to do like, I know some people call it like a palate cleanser episode in between really heavy emotional. We'll have to have like the spirally, like the, the noise that you picture when you see that like, like yeah, spiral do. situation. And that will be like our rabbit hole episode where we just go off on random tangents. As a, as a thank luck. you for just being on this podcast, I'm going to um, download like a sound clip thing. <laughs> Like a, you know what I'm talking about, where we can get those weird like yeah. noises, and then we can record a really funny episode. But my friend like mixes sounds, so maybe oh. I'll just like reach out to him and see if he wants to whip us up a, a, a little ditty, a some pal- a palate cleanser, spiral rabbit hole yeah. type of noises. We'll have to make sure it's the right frequency, so it doesn't like drive anyone bananas. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Oh so my it gosh. feels therapeutic, but also fun. Hey, we might be noobs, but at least we've got some people in the professional realm who can make some pretty hot ditties. And noise wise, and we're entertaining. I, I feel like I mean, are. I feel. We are. I think you're entertaining. You're super entertaining. Well, thank you. <laughs> I think we just play off each other. Like I don't, I couldn't do this with just anybody. All right. Well, thank you. I feel the same way. Jesse, thank you so much for being on tonight. I hope everybody has a great, healthy, and safe weekend. I pray and wish that you are all well, and if you're not in a good space, I hope you're able to find contentment this weekend, and get outside if it's nice where you live, get outside, try to enjoy the beautiful weather, and spend some time with family, spend some time with friends. If you have to be socially distanced, that's okay, but reach out to the people that you love, and have a wonderful weekend. Stay tuned for more bonus content on Push Diaries podcast, 
patreon.com along with patreon.com forward slash push diaries podcast and become a supporting patron of push diaries podcast today thank you so much for listening be sure to check back every two weeks for new guest interviews 